from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I felt like this this week, uh, the mock draft fan fiction, grown-ass men reading all sorts of fantasies about who's going to draft who and who's going to make trades and everything else. It's right up there with uh, some, some Mandalorian Season 3 fan fiction. I thought, well, Will Levis keeps showing up for the Panthers. I know what we need to do. We need to have an information exchange with Kentucky Sports Radio, Matt Jones, because they're getting Devin Leary at Kentucky, and it's completely possible that the Carolina Panthers are getting Will Levis from Kentucky. So Matt Jones joins us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Matt, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. What pick do you all have? You have four or Ninth. seven? Ninth. Ninth. So they're going to have to move up. Ninth. Yeah, he's not going to – you're gonna to have to trade up to get Will Levis. That's my prediction. Well, he'll be gone. He'll be gone by nine because I think you're gonna see in the next three or four days he'll be the dude everybody's talking about after the combine. I think his. I've always believed that his best day will be when that people see his arm in person mm-hmm. and when they meet him and when they see his physical frame. So I will be shocked if he's not one of the top two quarterbacks taken. I think it's him or Bryce Young that's the first one. So, I mean, I I can see Carolina getting him, but I think they'd have to trade up to do it. And this is why I wanted to talk to you. Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, joining us here on the OG. I mean, around here, we've seen it play out a couple times like this, where uh, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Daniel Jones, and everybody around here goes, wait, 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 what? You took them where? And to, to varying degrees of success. I will admit, I have not seen that much Will Levis. I know Kentucky's been on the turnaround now. I know Kentucky's officially a football school now. Don't tell that to John Calipari. Um, how, so you you buy it. You believe he truly is a top 10 pick. This is not a reach for an NFL team. Well, I mean, I you know, I buy that of the quarterbacks in the draft, mm-hmm. I would take him first. Okay. Now, what, now, does that mean he's as good as the quarterbacks in other drafts? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I, I think a lot of that is guesswork. I think you can really only compare these guys to each other because on a year-in and year-out basis, you, you don't know what team they're going to get to. Do I think Will Levis is certain to be successful? No. I mean, I don't think he's the kind of guy that you're like, okay, no matter what, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. But I look at the other dudes in the draft, and I'd rather have Will Levis. First of all, Throw Anthony Richardson out. I cannot <laughs> believe anyone's considering picking him in the top ten. And I don't say that to be mean to the kid. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. He's an amazing athlete. But he played 15 games in college, and he played one good one. That's it. I mean, he wasn't good. And I don't – that's who I'd be worried about if I were you all, is if you were to get him. Because somebody's going to take him, and I don't know why. Now, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud – I think Bryce Young has a ton of talent. He obviously had the best career, but there's never been a dude that small drafted in the first round, ever. So if you think he's good enough to break history in terms of a dude that short that's also that thin and succeed, then give it a roll with him because he's had the most success. But I just tend to go with history and say – Dudes that little aren't good. Mm -hmm. And even when they are, like Kyler Murray, he's built like a tank, right? I mean, he's two, what, 30, even though he's that little? Bryce Young's not like that. C.J. Stroud, I think, is really, really good. 
but you also he's had a ton of great weapons. Will Levis had to succeed. Everybody that wants to not pick Will Levis is going to look at last year. And all I say to people is go to two years ago. Go when he had an offensive line that had three NFL draft picks on it and when he had Wondell Robinson and Chris Rodriguez. That Will Levis was the best quarterback in the country for a good part of that year. Now, this year, he had a new OC. His OC moved to the Rams. He had a new OC. His entire three offensive linemen that were drafted were gone. And then he, Wondell Robinson was gone, and he started three freshman wide receivers. And they just weren't as good. I mean, that's just the reality. Then he got hurt four games into the season, and he never ran the ball. They did not call running plays for him because they didn't want him to get hurt again. That, to me, I just think go watch him play. You know, Georgia's won back-to-back national championships. Kirby Smart tells people privately the best quarterback they played against both years was Will Levis. Hmm. I think that matters when you consider there are like 13 guys on that defense that will be playing in the NFL. <laughs> right. Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, joining us here on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline. That's Jovius. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, Matt, I- I'm I'm just going to throw this out there because in this transfer world, you never know who gets to claim whom. So does NC State still get to claim Devin Leary or after his one-year behind the big blue wall, does he is he officially a Wildcat? Well, See who he, let's see how he plays. Like, okay. If he sucks, then you all get to claim. Stay gets yeah. him. Okay. If he's really good, we get to claim. Now, I mean, in some ways, Devin Leary is kind of like Levis in the sense that you got to skip last year, right? Yeah. So you got to go back to two years ago to decide what he is. Again, the OC that built Levis two years ago is now back, right, with Cohen. So he was in the Rams for a year, and now he's back. So – I think you. I, I think if he ends up a first round pick, Kentucky's got a pretty good claim to him because I don't think he was a first round pick when he left NC State. No, no, he wasn't. Um, so I mean, that's that, that's the way I would look at it. I generally think the guy, the last place you were gets to call you theirs. Okay. You know, I, I was going to say, but, does but Penn State like, get a Will hurt? Levis claim or no? No, we definitely get Will Levis. Okay. Um, Jalen Hurts, though, is the interesting one because I still kind of consider him a Bama quarterback, even though he finished at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So, but in general, I say the last school where you were, that's who gets you. Last school is the hard and fast rule. We're, we're not going to have to do a follow-up to the Russell Wilson podcast over Devin Leary, are no, we? No, Devin didn't leave on okay. poor circumstances. I'm just double-checking on that. Just double-checking. Yeah, why, let me ask you a question. Why did – like, I know why he came to Kentucky because of Cohen and Levis, et cetera. But why did he leave his Matt, state? Matt, 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 Matt. Come on, man. Come on, Matt. Come on, man. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure NIL is part of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> come on. Man. The OC who wasn't the there and to play Cohen, 1948 football well, that Kentucky come plays. Come on. Here, come on. If Cohen doesn't come back, he doesn't come here. I mean, he wasn't – I can tell you that for a fact. I mean, right. he, the, the Cohen thing – he would have gone somewhere else. I guess what I'm asking, I'm not asking why he picked Kentucky. Okay. I understand why he picked Kentucky, NIL Cohen. Mm-hmm. But why did he leave NC State? So NC State is not flush with NIL money, so he had okay. a chance to, to go and make money. That's number one, which you're not going to do in the XFL or USFL. And as you mentioned, he's not a first-round pick after a year where he's injured and, and didn't play up to his own standards. So, so you're saying NC State has not been able to do the NIL thing well. In football, they have not put the money out the way that they did in basketball last year. And quite frankly, they weren't going to be able to match 
the 40 grand a month that I heard for Devin at Kentucky. And from the jump, having MJ Mars, but of course they bring in Brennan Armstrong, so who the heck knows what had happened after. Also but like, it wasn't a falling out. It was more of like, hey, Devin, you have a chance to go make some decent yeah. money. You should go do that. Kind of like Sam Hartman at Wake Forest ended up at Notre Dame. Well, but, but yeah, okay, so I get to Sam Hartman, though. I mean, Notre Dame is, is an, uh, as a program – an upgrade over Wake Forest. I just, I sort of consider Kentucky and NC State on a similar level of mm-hmm. college football programs. And that's why I found the move. That's why I felt like there had to be a reason he left NC State. Well, like 30, like 36 of his living... teammates were gone yeah. too. That's the other thing. Like last year okay. was a, was a bizarre and Matt Jones joining us from Kentucky sports radio an information exchange. He tells us about Will Levis. We tell him about that, about Devin Leary. The, the thing you got to remember about the Wolfpack and the reason why uh, people thought so highly of them last year in the ACC and maybe even as a dark horse college football playoff contender was they brought everybody back and they had a really good defense coming back too. Uh, but the problem was wide receivers didn't step up. He had an off season. And then what, how many guys actually walked on senior day? 30. 30? 30 total. So when your guys leave and NC State's roster is not going to be as good theoretically as this past season was going to be, he changed the scenery, man. Just just in the same way that Sam Hartman got to change the scenery along with some NIL money, you could probably better your NFL prospects over at Kentucky than you can with a soft well, NC no, State I team. I think that's right. I mean, I do think the good thing for Devin Leary is Kentucky's going to have a lot of weapons yep. next year. And I think he's going to have a chance to put up some really big numbers. Going back to Levis for a second, though, let's say the Panthers get him. I think here's what you're going to like about him. He's a very smart kid, like a really smart kid. And he's interesting. And he's like, you all in the media will be, you'll love him. Because he's, I mean, he's probably my favorite player we've had from a media standpoint, certainly at the quarterback position since I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's just got all the tools. He's Josh Allen. I mean, the bottom line is the best thing that ever happened to Will Levis was Josh Allen being good because he's built like Josh Allen. He runs like Josh Allen. He throws like him. He makes poor decisions sometimes like Josh Allen does. (laughs) So if you believe in Josh Allen, you can talk yourself to believing in him. And that's ultimately why I think you're going to see him. I was told like three or four months ago, if the Texans get the first pick, Will Levis will be the first pick. And I went online, it was 14-1 to 1 at the time, and bet Will Levis' first quarterback taken. Well, <laughs> Houston ended up not getting the first pick. So someone could conceivably trade over them yeah. and get him. But I am still taking the view that I'll be shocked if he's taken after number two. All right. Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, also ESPN Radio. Matt, we appreciate the time, man. Take it easy. Thank you, guys. That's a good number, too, 14-1. to 14-1 is not bad. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom. 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's the designery at thedesignery.com. We are on YouTube. Yes, yes, we are. So we're up to 3,000 subscribers. Thanks to everybody who has hit the subscribe button. I went ahead and put the video that was promised out on YouTube Shorts. You can go check that out. I will not annoy you 
until we get closer to 4,000 subscribers. <laughs> then we'll find something new for me to construct and eat at Costco. Maybe I'll include a churro at that time. I don't know. We'll get crazy with it. Regardless, go check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. I know Dennis has already posted something about UNC potentially being back last night. And I will admit, at the start of the show, I was a little thrown off by Gilio's kind of like, oh, you all, you're caught up. You're caught up in Oreo fever, Joe. I'm caught up in Pete Nance being a functional player. Okay. I mean, makes a big difference. It does make a big difference. Like but- I said, he doesn't have to be Brady Manic, but he can't be a net negative. No, and but the problem the problem I have with the Tar Heels is probably more to do with the ACC in general. All right. I think we can all agree. And I know Fifth Factor Plots put out a an interesting graphic today that highlights where the best teams in the ACC today would match up with the ACC just from a few years ago. Because we're not that far removed from the ACC having really dynamic NBA-level players. I mean, go back to 2018. Again, it's not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. And we can all recognize that this is not vintage ACC. So I want to temper what exactly we're seeing out of the Tar Heels in the same way that I would temper it with any other team coming out of the ACC. And I guess my question is, when it comes to the Tar Heels, and what exactly back is, what are they back to? What are they What are they back going towards? Do you believe that this is a team, if Pete Nance is functional, like he has been the last two games, is truly a preseason number one team, a team with final four aspirations? Is that what you see out of this Tar Heel squad? I see a team that can win the ACC tournament in Greensboro. Okay. That's what I see. Is that good enough for UNC fans? I don't know. Not this group. I don't know. No, but that's the thing. Not this group. And yeah. you you like to talk about the standard being the standard all the time with the Tar Heels. You, you pound that into it, the table. But if you're Hubert Davis. Yes. Look, I, and I know what you're saying, but let's think of it from his perspective. Okay. You have a new coach. Mm-hmm. First year goes to the Final Four. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, not bad. Next year, if, if they were to win the tournament, to have an ACC title mm-hmm. in your first two years, mm-hmm. who wouldn't take that? Even at Carolina, where your standard probably is to win the national championship, how would you not be pleased if this group, which struggled all year, puts it together at the right time, wins in Greensboro, where they always play well? They always play well there, yeah. You're you right. know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, those are, yes, the standard is the standard, but that's also, you have to look at this. Is Uber Davis a Hall of Fame coach? I, the book is yet to be written. He's going to have to do a lot of work to keep up with Roy Williams and yeah, Mike Krzyzewski I, I and, and, and Dean Smith. I mean, but that's the standard that Carolina and Duke, that's what they're used to. Yeah. Like Duke making the tournament this year, okay? Mm-hmm. John Shire has – Jeff Capel is going to win the ACC Coach of the Year, okay? Mm-hmm. And, he, and, he has deser- and he deserves it, yes, no he doubt. But nobody's actually done a better job coaching this year mm-hmm. than John Shire. No, I agree. Based on everything that's been in and out of his lineup and based on having to follow Mike Krzyzewski. Mm-hmm. Also based on the recruiting class that you thought, oh, here's the Duke standard, right? Top five. We got three of the top five guys. None of those guys have been saved for one night in Cameron. None of those guys have been guys where you go, oh, that's a, t- a lottery pick. Also, oh, also John, that's a future NBA star. John Shire, most recently in a feature with Dana O'Neill on the at the Athletic, talked openly about how 
they're not going to recruit the same way they were recruiting under Mike Krzyzewski. A, there's no real way to do that because you're not Mike Krzyzewski. And he also talked openly about, I'd like some guys to stick around a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's helpful to get some older players who can help. And that's, you know... That's the but if game. I'm looking at Duke and I'm going, they've had an unbelievable. They given this, given the circumstances, yeah, you would look at Duke on through the Mike Shashevsky lens and go, wow, they're going to be like a six or a seven seed. They didn't win the regular season. They're yeah. probably not going to win in Greensboro. I mean, they could, but they're probably not going to. And you're like, well, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, guys, uh, just so you know. <laughs> There's only 68 teams that make the tournament on an annual basis, and being one of them is actually not that bad. I'm with you. And then you don't have these pockets of success pop up. That That's what I look at when I look at Uber Davis and when I look at John Shire. Obviously, Uber in his first year, having an unbelievable finish to it, sets him up mm-hmm. to have success over the next five to ten years. Here's but that's thing. still to be seen. Same thing with Shire. I, I think he's coached himself. I think he's done a lot of good things this year. And the best thing he's done is the one of the first things that I saw him do last year. Mm-hmm. At no point does he try to be Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. And I can't tell you how hard that is. Mm-hmm. I can't explain to you, to the listener, to anyone, how hard it must be for someone who worked with Mike Krzyzewski, who saw everything, all of the success that he had, and to not once kind of you know lose his cool with the officials, not once you know give us the patented, oh, the, the Duke... The Duke uh, jerseys are out in the hallway, and you can get dressed in the parking lot. You know, to not go to his playbook—that uh, has been uh, truly the the one of the most impressive things I've seen John Shire do. Back to Hubert Davis and North Carolina. I want to be really clear about what I'm saying here. This isn't about Hubert. To me, it's been about the group. Sure, that he's coaching. I yeah, think it's a group that, that he inherited from Roy that, and that, quite frankly, Roy struggled with. He struggled with, and that's just been the M.O. of this group, specifically this group. They've never been able to be consistent. For the most part in the last three years, they've been disappointing outside of a magical run last year. And that might be what their legacy is. And we'll go back to last year's conversations. That's a pretty good legacy to have. Yeah. All right? You are the team that ruined Duke's farewell tour for Coach K and got to the final and lost to Kansas. Now, I think that the book on Hubert is not written until we get a couple of classes in in Chapel Hill to see what his players can do. That's the next evolution for him. That's what my curiosity is. But this group specifically, I don't trust. Straight up, I do not trust them. And I don't know how anybody can. And if your attitude is, well, look at what happened last year, you need to stop. You need to step away. And stop looking at last year as though it's something you that can easily be this group. replicated. Sure. Especially with this group making what they are. And Pete Nance, once again, is being put in an unfair position. Like, all right, ooh, okay, so he's he's got his Oreos and he's making some threes. This is how it's going to be the rest of the way, right? N- 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 but it might not no. have to be every game. If you can win in pockets, if you can win, that's to me, that's the key. Well, we're getting can very you close win in to... different ways. Can you have a game where RJ and Caleb go off and you win? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Next game, maybe it's Baycott and Nance who go off. Cool. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you got to have four of those things, right? Well, and I, even Leaky Black playing the way that he did last night. I'm just, I'm just impressed at how soft you've got, you've gotten with the Tar Heels. It's very, it's very I, impressive. I'm not soft when it comes to the Tar Heels. I am somebody who has followed the Tar Heels for 30 years and understands, mm-hmm. in more years than not, particularly under Roy Williams, mm-hmm. they always got better as the year went along. Yeah. We have one year of data on Hubert Davis. That one year, they got better as the year went along, which sure. to me is a sign of a great coach, by the way. And right now, you're looking at a team, yeah, they stumbled. 
They got knocked down by Miami. They got knocked down by State. But I don't think they've been knocked out yet, particularly, again, I'll give Hubert credit. You go, you have a conversation with Nance because in in, in no uncertain terms, Nance was Nance was just Nance, lost. Nance got the Luke Buffum treatment in the in the state game. Like the second he was on the floor, Anton Jameson was like, Okay, give me the ball now. I'm scoring on this person. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to Pete Nance at PNC Arena. Yeah. Okay? That's a very humbling experience. So for Hubert goes to him, picks him up in a way that gets his confidence back. I, I'm telling you, you can't underestimate that. That's great coaching. Well, speaking of confidence, here's Hubert Davis, Tar Heels head coach, on playing with said confidence right now as they've stacked some wins. You know, as I said before, I'm so proud of these kids and just the response of them the entire season. You know, to lose a tough game at you know at NC State and then you know have to. I mean, this was a stretch where we played four games in eight days and three of them on the road. And for us, in the last three games to come out with wins versus quality opponents like Notre Dame and Virginia and Florida State and two of them on the road, I'm very proud of them and it should give them a lot of confidence. That's Hubert Davis, head coach, North Carolina. Now tonight you've got NC State versus Duke. Here's John Shire, Duke's head coach, on how the team is different now versus that first matchup where they got run out of PNC Arena. Basically, every aspect of how we were playing was different. And, uh, you know, that's not to say that we're taking anything away from how they how they played and how they beat us. They had a great game, and they're a really good team. Uh, but for us, we've grown a lot since then. I think you could see that watching the film. And uh, so have they. They're a lot better than they were that time as well. They've they've developed as a team. They there was right off. You know they they were coming off some tough losses at that time, and uh, figuring out their team identity. So I think for them that was a breakthrough game where they understood, you know, what their strengths were and how they needed to play. That's John Shire on the differences between the first matchup and tonight's matchup. Here's Kevin Keats echoing that on how both teams are different this time. I tell people when you play teams a second time around I know everybody's like oh man what can you take from the first game I just don't know what you can take I thought we played really really well and I didn't think they had one of their better games um but you know we just we've got to come out and be NC State and I'm sure Duke's got to be Duke and you know obviously try to play with a lot of confidence and I will tell you that when you watch them on tape, they're a completely different team. You can actually, you know, I haven't even spent a lot of time on the the last game that we played because um, they're they're different in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, they're scoring the ball, they're defending well. Uh, we have to continue to take care of the basketball. We got to continue to play the game inside out. Um, we got to try to get in transition if we can and, you know, play a lot better. And they've done such an incredible job, um, you know, just you know, I think they may be one of a few, a few teams in our league that's undefeated at home. And so that says a lot about their program right now. That's Kevin Keats, NC State head coach on this matchup tonight between the Blue Devils and the Wolfpack. Yeah, that first matchup in particular, you, you remember we sat upstairs, we watched the game and I told you watch the cat and mouse between John and Kevin over who guards Burns. Mm hmm. And lively, I don't know if he was healthy. I don't know if he wasn't healthy. I don't know if was, his head was spinning because he's on the road playing in a, in a loud building. He he wasn't effective in that game. Mm-hmm. And then you see what he did at Cameron against Armando Baycott. He's been on a little bit of ice since then. But in case of emergency break glass, I think you see lively. I think you see two good doses of lively this week. 
I think you see him tonight against Burns, and I think you see him Saturday against Baycott. And, you know, if he plays the way that he did at, at, at Cameron mm-hmm. against Carolina, they're going to win both games. End of story. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. My tweets about FSU in relation to conference realignment, thanks to their board of trustees meeting where they were poking around to see how they could exit the ACC. FSU Twitter has not taken lightly, uh, has not taken to my North Carolina's the biggest brand left on the board in the ACC. But we can discuss that later because, Joe, clear the decks, shove everything off the table, stop what you're doing. Because in 25 minutes on ESPN2, Mel Kuyper is unveiling his mock draft 2.0. Now, I don't have ESPN Plus, so I cannot see it behind oh, the paywall. Okay, I have it up then. So you got to tell me, where Mel, what is Mel Kuyper, what is Mel Kuyper got number one? What's going on? Mel has a lot of trades. Of course he does. Because it's fan fiction. Talk about the draft. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? All right, so Mel Kuyper with his mock draft latest yeah. 3.0, I think. He is used in trading up with the Bears to take a quarterback. Which one? Is it Will Levis? It is not But Matt Will Jones Levis. told us it would be Will Levis. Bryce Young. Okay. Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback, going number one overall. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Colts moving up. He has the, he has the Bears trading twice. Colts moving up and taking a quarterback. Of course. From the Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. All right. Boring defense, no trade. Boring defense, no trade. And with the fifth pick, Mel Kuyper has the Seattle Seahawks trading the Denver Broncos first-round pick. They got that in the Russell Wilson trade. Mm -hmm. To the Panthers for Will Levis. There we go. There it is. I love the description here. Levis isn't loved by every NFL scout, <laughs> but his potential is really high. You could say that about every I, I also quarterback. Love, I also love this part of the write-up from Bell. Man, just truly just throwing those spitballs out there. Uh-huh. If Carolina doesn't add Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or, parentheses, Aaron Rodgers, exclamation <laughs> point, it's going to be desperate for one of the top quarterbacks. Uh, I don't. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in play for the Carolina Panthers. Now about their car. Saw this earlier today from Mike K, who covers the Carolina Panthers for the Charlotte Observer. It looks like the Panthers and Derek Carr are going to have a meeting. Okay, some Good. sort of some sort of gathering. And uh, they're going to Car, meet. Carr's a free agent, so they get him for, just for the money that they have to pay for. Yep, yep. Now, 30, thirty-one years old. There is, uh, there is a level of you know, four D chess that some people are theorizing when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and their interest in Derek Carr. One is to try to get somebody on the somebody else in the NFC South to overpay for Derek Carr. In uh, this case, say, the either Saints, Saints or the Falcons. Saints or the yeah. Falcons. 
Uh, so like, oh, well, we're interested too because we got, you got to admit the one the one problem or the one lament about the wasted opportunity that was last year for the Carolina Panthers had they just gotten the quarterback position right, they could have won that division. Okay, it was there for the taking because the South has dropped off so badly with the aging quarterbacks and the aging Tom Brady and everything else. So it's there for the taking this year, too, if they get the quarterback position right. Now, I'm high on Derek Carr. I know a lot of people are not. I think he's put up consistent, good enough numbers in the Raiders organization that, and I think last year notwithstanding, I think he's the best quarterback they would have had in this entire run of David Tepper as owner. So... I know that's not really saying a lot, but it's there That'll for the take. Significant upgrade over huge, yeah. huge. So regardless, I see that 40 chess being played. My only concern, and this is where you get into the why not both category, right? Matt Corral is not the future quarterback. I know people keep bringing up, oh, well, you keep nobody ever talks about Matt Corral. There's a reason why nobody is talking about Matt Corral. That was a quarterback draft from the previous administration that I'm guessing Frank Reich doesn't really want to deal with. In an ideal world, they'd bring on Derek Carr and they'd draft their next quarterback because the money with these rookie contracts for quarterbacks is so – it's incentivized for you to take a flyer on these guys that you can, you can sustain both. Yeah, but I just mentioned Derek Carr's 31. If you bring in Derek Carr, mm-hmm. you stay at nine and you take a receiver. I'm with that, you That's that. what you do. I'm with you on that. Um you know, and and I would hesitate to say the previous administration because Scott Fitterer was the GM who drafted Matt Corral. Yeah, I'm not suggesting. I I, I saw one preseason game of Matt Corral. That was enough for me to say, you know what, it's probably not going to happen for him. Um, and, but you know me, I like to make judgments based on two minutes or one minute. I don't need a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would hesitate to say that it was a previous administration. It is the same GM. If they get Carr, I, Carr Garoppolo, I think either one. I think makes more sense. They're both 31 years old. Lamar Jackson is another one that I think makes more sense than who's available in this draft. I don't love the options in this draft. I do think C.J. Stroud is going to be – I do think he's going to be a franchise quarterback. The other guys, I don't believe in. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate.